Moving on to the NFC and Matt Williamson's 2022 post-draft power rankings. How do the teams in the NFC stack up heading into 2022? That's coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at PD Peacock at Williamson NFL. No Twitter Tuesday, but you can still get those questions into us. Uh, maybe we'll hit a little live show at the end of the week instead. Uh, yeah. Our schedules were a certain way, so we didn't do the, the live Tuesday show as we usually do. But can, you can always get those Tuesday live Twitter Tuesday questions into us anytime throughout the week at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. And by the way, thanks for making us your first listen once again here on Peacock and Williamson, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's what we do every day, even throughout the offseason. We're talking power rankings. We broke it up into AFC and NFC the last couple of days. If you want to check out the AFC, that was yesterday's podcast. Today we're talking NFC and how these teams rank 16 to 1. Now with the new rosters, post-draft, post-free agency, we really have a good idea of what these teams look like going into 2022, Matt. So let's get started. And when you were looking at these, just to remind everybody the criteria, you're talking about these teams lined up today, right? Yeah, how good you are right now. Yeah. That's how I always do power ranks, which made the Browns really difficult for the AFC because there's a huge variable out there. This one should be easier. And unlike the AFC... I think there's clearly a number 16 here. Do you agree with me? I think that it was smart for the Atlanta Falcons to move off of Matt Ryan. I just yes. think they did it a year late. I think if they did it mm-hmm. the year before, you rip the Band-Aid off and you are probably even worse. I think you're clearly worse in 2021, but you're drafting higher and you get one of those top seven draft picks. And we we talked about during the draft how they ended up at eight. They were outside of the top tier of players. So you just slow down your whole rebuild. And so this this rebuild went from, okay, let's start over to now the rebuild's going to last for three, four years and at multiple coaches probably because if you're Arthur Smith, you come in, your second year is worse than your first year. How do you sell that for going into year three and four? So it's a really tough situation that the Falcons are in, and clearly one of the worst rosters now in the NFL after their longtime franchise quarterback moves to Indy. Right. Uh, I, I hear you there. I, I think it's going to be a really long year. They were, I, I'm, I feel very confident to say they were a much worse football team than their final record showed last year. I mean, they, the games they won, they barely won. The games they lost, they basically got blown out. And you're right. I mean, it'd be nice if you were one year further along in the rebuild. I like their draft, but still, you know, when the season ends and we start talking about team needs, they still might need everything. You know, there might not be any solutions yet. Not only 16 in the NFC, but you've got the Atlanta Falcons 32 in the NFL. So that's where we're at right now with the Atlanta Falcons. And you have a precipitous drop from a team that's been – in the top half of your power rankings for a decade, probably, Matt, and that's the Seattle Seahawks coming in at 15 here in the NFC. Yeah, and I think people know by now, I put a lot of weight on coaches and culture, and I think Seattle is really good in that area. But, man, they don't have many good players. And I'm not questioning Pete Carroll, you know, the game passed him by. But <laughs> I think you can bring it up and not, you know, be foolish to say that. And 
if if the plan is they're just going to run the ball like crazy and hope you know Drew Locke doesn't hurt them too bad or Geno Smith manages the game, I think you're on an uphill climb. I think, and we'll get to Carolina here in a minute. I think Jimmy and Baker are going to end up somewhere, and the outlook will change. But I can't project that. And if they have Baker, I might bump them up five spots, and they win two more games or something. You know. Yeah, and if, if Baker becomes available or if Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, and I think it's one of the reasons uh-huh. maybe Jimmy doesn't get cut is because they don't want him to go to Seattle, I think it would be an instant signing. And, it, yeah, and yeah. at this point, for what it would cost, and I'm sure you could get the Browns to eat most of his contract. They're just trying to get anything so they don't have to eat all $19 million. I, I don't know why he's not already on the Seattle Seahawks, Baker Mayfield. I, I think it makes yeah. too much sense. But if you look at it this way, Matt, and I'm going to go at you a little bit here because your Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago had Duck Hodges at quarterback. I know, so I know. Won, what eight games, right? And so you just talked about Pete Carroll being one of those court, being one of those, um, one of those head coaches, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if the Steelers can be an eight and eight team with Duck Hodges, can't the Seattle Seahawks be eight and eight with uh, some talent on their roster and a quarterback that, according to Pete Carroll, would have been the first pick among quarterbacks in this draft, even ahead of the Steelers? Can he pick it? What do you think about that? One? Yeah, and that's a great argument. And I was hard on the great Bill Belichick's team, you know, last episode as well. I think there's more evidence that the game's passing Carroll by than Tomlin of two years ago, though. You know what I mean? In terms of not just necessarily his age, but the style of play, it's a pretty bad roster. And the roster is worse overall than the Steelers roster. Was. Right. Steelers had a great defense. There's still some really good players on the Seahawks, but you know, we've already seen what Drew Locke looked like with a pretty good receiving core. So he's got the same exactly. tight end back. And <laughs> yeah. you know, what's he gonna do with DK Metcalf that he wasn't able to do with you know uh, the rest of the group he had in in Denver? So I'm not buying the Seattle Seahawks at all. I would probably still put Seattle over the team you have next, which is the Chicago Bears coming in at Mm-hmm. 14 in the NFC for you. I just think they're in a worse spot. I like their quarterback situation better, and that might be it. I think I like their defense better than Seattle's too, and that's debatable. Um, the weapons aren't nearly as good. I'd probably take Seattle's offensive line. I think you got to give the coaching advantage to Seattle. It's a tough one. I, I, I think Fields – I'm a Fields believer. I, I think he's in a really tough spot, and we've talked about that a lot. I hope his – uh, general perception doesn't take a nosedive this year because it's going to be a long year for the Bears. But um, it, again, Seattle versus Chicago, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight you one way or another on those. Going back to what you said about in, in the last episode, you were talking about Trevor Lawrence and how it was stacked against him as a rookie. And when mm-hmm. you go back and watch Justin Fields, I feel similar. He made some amazing yeah. throws like he's got high end ability runs four four flat can make plays with his legs like that much pure ability and seeing some of the throws he makes and seeing how much he was held back by the offense and, and by you know and he does need some development needs to get the ball out of his hands quicker but you know they they th- i think the bear i think i heard a stat where the bears threw the the lowest or the second lowest percentage of screen passes in the nfl like how do you help out a young quarterback run the ball get the ball in his hands with screen passes, you know? And yeah. so um, uh, 
coaching staff clearly wasn't good for multiple quarterbacks there in Chicago. Is that enough to help him out? Even though he doesn't, he got worse in the offensive line, probably got worse at wide receiver too. I don't know. I, it could be a really long season, but there's some hope because he is so talented and to see him get so much better. I mean, if you just take that one Browns game out where he was sacked like right. eight times, <laughs> right. I mean, his season looks already better. And that was his first start. So more than that. I, I hear you. I, I, and yes, I, I, I kind of said some of that about Miami too, where, and frankly, the Steelers were like that too, where the offense, either from coaching or quarterback limitations, was not NFL quality in terms of scheme, play calling. You know, that those little things can go a real long way to making a unit that's short on talent closer to respectable. You know what I mean? And we don't need these guys to be the best offense in the league, but make Fields' life a little easier. Come on. Did the New York Giants do this year what the Atlanta Falcons did last year and not start the rebuild in haste enough and not try to find a new quarterback right away? Um, Because I, I would commend yeah. the Bears on, like, I know the Bears wide receiver offensive line, you didn't help out Justin Fields, but they made some hard decisions. They moved, you know, new coach, new GM, they moved on from their best player in Khalil Mack. You know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't spend a lot of money. They're cleaning up their cap situation. They know they're going to lose a lot of games and, and right. they're getting this thing going quickly. And so we're, we're you know, we kind of kill them because they didn't help out their quarterback. But maybe they're doing the right thing when you look at teams like Atlanta and New York Giants that might slow play their rebuild and, and just put themselves a year behind. Yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion on that. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they certainly will be one of the darlings like the Jets in this upcoming offseason. You know, they have 105 million, I think, under the cap. Like, they know, I mean, I'm sure they went to ownership saying, this is really bad. It's going to be bad for at least a year, and then we'll start building. Hopefully, Fields is mentally and physically tough enough to withstand that. And hopefully, the staff likes him as much as I think you and I and the previous staff did, you know, and and you have to kind of judge fields, I think on a, a different curve than some other quarterbacks. Like, okay, we know you're playing with one high arm tied behind your back. Just don't stink. And I think you'll be our guy. You know I mean? Like that's like Lawrence, just don't stink. And I think that's something to build on. So fascinating. I can't wait to watch those second year quarterbacks. I think that's going to be the the big storyline in the entire league for me is watching how those quarterbacks respond. They all had a level of difficulty as rookies. They should all take big steps into year two. Which ones start to look like busts? Which ones start to look like superstars? And they could all be stars. They could all be busts. We we still have no idea which way that's going to go. So it's going to be so much fun. But mm-hmm. uh, all those first round quarterbacks were really talented last year. But uh, the New York Giants you have here with the forced fourth worst team in the NFC, which, you know, isn't bad compared to, to where they were last year. So it's not like they're, they're falling mm-hmm. off or anything like that, but do you, I don't see a rosy picture of how it goes great for them. I can only see the right. bad, but that's just, maybe I'm just a pessimist in that way. See, I think there could be steps in the right direction. You know, like I think Dayball was a great hire, you know, and their offensive line, I don't think will stink anymore. And boy, they got a couple pass rushers and, I see the building blocks. I see the vision. But in the meantime, are any of their weapons ever going to stay healthy? Is Daniel Jones the guy? They're short at corner now all of a sudden. You know, so I don't think they're going to be a good football team, even if Dayball is Vince Lombardi. But, you know. I lied, Matt. Now that you mention it, when you, when you lay it out this way, you don't, put a, you don't picture a uniform. You don't picture anything. You say this. Look, this team has a really good offensive line and a really good yeah. defensive line and is well coached. That's a team that can probably oh. win a lot of games. 
as long as they're. I'll take it. Yeah, if their quarterback isn't god awful, you, you can you can fight for five hundred at least with that. Yeah, and I don't think Dave Ball's going to turn Jones into uh, Josh Allen, but I bet <laughs> this is I bet this is Jones' best year as a pro. All right, the New York Giants, thirteenth in the NFC, will check in on who is twelve through one next. But I want to let the folks first know about Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I needed the clearly after I started taking it too, I realized how badly I needed those daily vitamins. And I wanted something in the morning that wasn't just throwing caffeine down my gullet. And I found like a really good combination because I still love coffee and I still want to drink coffee sometimes, but I, I wait a little while to have a little cup of coffee or I'll have some caffeine or some caffeine free coffee some decaf in the morning with my ag1 and i feel just as energized with ag1 in a lot of ways more energized after a couple of days of starting ag1 which really made me realize how how much i needed those vitamins and we're talking about 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right it's a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and aging I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It hits a lot. And, and for me, simplicity is key as well. So it's one scoop, one cup of water. That's it, period. One drink, first thing to start your day, you're done. Your vitamins are done. You, you, you really start the day off much better than you can in, in any other way. So I love that. And by the way, it's lifestyle friendly, you know, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, any of those things, and AG1 is for you. So get your day started right, and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day. Make sure you're checking out the new Locked On Sports Today podcast, daily podcast covering the biggest sports stories. Get the news, analysis, and opinion before anybody else does. Matt, who is the 12th team? in the NFC for you after Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago, and the New York Giants? Because there's a team you haven't mentioned that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. <laughs> and you didn't talk about them. They're worst four teams in the in the division or in the conference. I think the Lions are going the right way. And I'm sure some people would have loved to see them take their, quote, quarterback of the future. But that's not what this is about. We're talking about if you line up and play right now, I think they have a very professional offense now. And – Say we want about Goff, he's a professional starting quarterback, you know, kind of like the Mayfield Jimmy stuff we mentioned. I mean, he can win games here. What if Jeff Akuda turns out to be one of the top corners in the league or, you know, and Hutchinson? And they have pieces now. I think the offense is complete. I mean, future quarterback aside. So I I think they're going to be hard to play against. They're going to run the ball with a good O-line. And look, Jared Goff isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and a lot of nope. people say a lot of bad things about Jared Goff, but one thing is clear about Jared Goff is if you've got the rest of the team around him, he's good enough to go to a Super Bowl, right? He's not going to carry you there. Right, right. He's a, he's a good enough quarterback not to completely hold you back or anything like that. So if it could come quick, if and he's a veteran quarterback, and if the, everything else is in place for Detroit, then that could come quickly, and you know maybe he's there. Maybe there is another quarterback in the future, but 
you could still win a lot of games with Jared Goff. So it's not he's not in a situation where he's going to completely hold that team back either. So I, I, I like, I think, I like right. where the Lions are at, and they they got that ship. That was a big old barge stuck in a canal. They got it righted and heading in the right direction. I think that's clear. Yeah, and I think they're pretty decent on both lines of scrimmage. You know, that's a start. Kind of like we talked about the Giants. We are to number 11 in the NFC, and that is the Carolina Panthers. I They I, were tough. You know what? I would put I would put the Lions ahead of the Panthers until the Panthers. I, I was four between that. Yeah, the Panthers, I, the Panthers I, have to figure out quarterback. Dan, Sam Darnold is not good, and he's proven that you cannot go into the season with him or a rookie and think you're going to not get fired, right? I know. I mean, and I'm not a much of a Corral fan either, to be honest with you. And again, if and that's a big if Baker or Jimmy ends up here, I would push them up dramatically. I mean, maybe in the the 500 neighborhood, you know. Um, but right now. The more I think about it, if they play the Lions in a 111-game series, I think Detroit runs on them and is harder to play against, and the Lions quarterback doesn't screw it up, and Carolina's does. You know, like, they're not a quarterback away, but their quarterback situation, I mean, could be the worst in the league. It's not great. And I'm getting – tell me if I'm wrong about this. I'm getting Chip Kelly vibes from Matt Rule. In that he kind of talks fast, talks a good game. He had something in college that worked for him, and he's coming to the NFL, and it started to look okay at the beginning, and then you start to realize, okay, well, where are the answers? What, like, because what, yeah, what, yeah. what are you actually doing here that's going to get us over the top? And I'm starting to have some doubts, and we saw how quickly that happened with Chip Kelly, where people are like, ah, maybe. Yeah, you can't just go fast and that's it and run crossers all day. Can't do that in the NFL. And, and you know, recruiting is a big part of it. So where's the advantage that Matt Rule is going to bring over the competition? And if you don't have it at quarterback, it starts to really worry me about them. I think there's time to – I think that's a good discussion. You know, is it a lot of window dressing without a foundation? Number 10 in the NFC is the Washington Commanders. They were hard for me. that – uh, I bet if you injected them with truth serum and they and you told them, hey, on May 25th, Sam Darn or no, uh, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to be available for peanuts. Not would you make the right. deal for Carson Wentz right now? They would probably say no. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have that advantage, of course. Right. But th- those three guys are, you know, on the same tier. Or, you know, if you could give nothing up, that'd be great. I didn't know where to track this team. I mean, I think they could win some low-scoring games. I still think that defensive line is elite, and Chase Young's going to be a superstar. And there's some young defensive players I like. I like their I like their weapons, especially their receivers. But I, I mean, the culture is not wonderful. I mean, they're not super talented. They weren't an easy team for me to rank, though. I could see the defense taking a big step, you know, Chase Young back playing at the level we thought he was going to be at last year, Carson Wentz playing capable quarterback. And we've seen with Carson Wentz, there can be really great stretches with him as well, you know, so I'm not completely crushing him or anything. Um, They got some run game. They got some pieces. Still a work in progress team where it's one of those that really literally could go in any direction. But I think think you have them in in a really good spot here. I would put them right there in that group of teams that could, be in the mix, but I'd probably put just outside of the mix. And I think every team above them, I expect to be a little bit more in the mix. They're like just good enough to get beat. Actually, you know what I would do? I would probably 
flip. So I would flip Detroit and Carolina right now, mm-hmm. just because I like the directions they're going. I feel like Carolina's stalling out, and I would probably flip the next two teams for you. You have Minnesota eight, Arizona nine. I would put Arizona ahead of Minnesota, but I do think Minnesota is right ahead of Washington, and I think they're on a pretty similar tier. Okay, see, I think there's a tier drop between Minnesota, Arizona, whatever you want to put them to Washington. And there's probably even a teardrop from Washington to the next group, Carolina, Detroit. I think Washington screams seven and 10. I think the teams above Washington that we're going to talk about now are playoff contenders. You know, like I think there's what there's uh, eight or nine teams here fighting for seven spots, 10 teams, something like that. Uh, Nine teams, Arizona, I've been really hard on the Vikes, so I'm going to take this opportunity to apologize a little to the Vikes fans. I always call them middling Minnesota. I think they're better than that, though. I've been looking at them lately. They're going to run the ball well. Justin Jefferson's going to be a first-round fantasy pick. I like Irv Smith. Say what you want about Kirk Cousins. He's probably better than any quarterback. He's definitely better than any quarterback we've talked about yet. You know, I mean, he's a good player. They get guys like... Hunter back and Darius Smith and invested in a secondary. I think they're a hard team to play against where Arizona, I think has a little bit of that Matt rule, chip Kelly conversation too. Like I'm not real sure what your blood bread and butter is either. And when James Conner gets hurt in week two and Kyler Murray has to do everything and he gets hurt in week 10 and there's some names there, but I don't really, I mean, where's the Chandler Jones replacements and you know what I mean? Yeah, I know they didn't have him much last year, but still. Uh, just losing the Chandler Jones part of that defense versus gaining Hollywood Brown, I don't yeah. think that really helps them. And I know the Hollywood Brown thing now ties into DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for part of the year, and maybe there'll be a juggernaut on offense once he comes back and they're firing on all cylinders. I just, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, I do have some questions there, yeah. but. There's still too much talent for them to be bad, so I still have a, a pretty good vibe of them being good. In Minnesota, I just don't have a – I think they are the middle point. They are the Mendoza mm-hmm. line, and you've said it before, and I still feel like they're kind of there. So I would have Washington, or Arizona one spot ahead, but, you know, whatever, 9-8, eight, 8-9, eight, something like that. Yeah, I hear you. And Arizona will have three games this year where I'll go, wow, holy smokes, are they good? Because when they click, they look great. But when it's all said and done – Will the combination of Connor, Hopkins, Kyler, and Watt even play 50% of the snaps? I don't know. Next, you have a team seventh in the NFC that's going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I'm not sure why you have that. We'll get into (laughs) it next. But before we get to the top seven in the NFC, I want to let the folks out there know about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source. For all your betting needs and sports information, find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, AFC, uh, uh, boxing, and MMA, and, of course, NFL betting. Yeah, there's no NFL season going on right now, but you can bet on all these teams we're talking about. Which one of these teams will win the Super Bowl? Where can you find your edge in the odds for those teams in 2022? Offensive, defensive rookies of the year, coaches of the year, tons of NFL futures at Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Get over to the website today, desktop or mobile device, to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
The San Francisco 49ers coming in at number seven in the NFC for you, Matt, and number 14 in the NFL overall. So these teams you have pretty tight. Is this, uh, it's looking like you have a tier right in here between Arizona. We've talked about Arizona and Minnesota, San Francisco, the next two teams above them as well, New Orleans and Philadelphia. That is a, that is a solid group for you in the middle of the NFL Half of those teams are going to be in the playoff teams and half the teams are not if it goes as you see them in these power rankings. So that's that's why this is a really interesting cluster uh, cluster for me. Yes, and I'm going to think think, you nailed it. But San Francisco, New Orleans, Philly, and Dallas to me are their own tier. And I think you could shake those four teams up, put them in a bag, whatever they came out, I can live with. I would call them the NFC's upper middle class you know the, the ones before that to me are the are the high class society these guys are the upper middle class that if a couple things go well namely trade lance i mean that's why they were that's the reason they were land the last last there is i i don't the quarterback concerns me even more than winston right now or even hurts you know i mean and that's why dallas was one of that group they have Dak, you know and i they, i think dallas has more holes than the Eagles, Saints, and Niners as currently constructed. But the world seems to be sleeping on Dak as a potentially top five quarterback. And and Dak wasn't all the way back Dak. I don't think he was yet, at all. At least right. start last year. So, uh, yeah, I think there could be a better version of Dak. I, I do like Dallas above those teams. And, you know, it, you just have no idea what it's going to look like with Trey Lance. They could, they, they could go off uh, or it could be like, oh, he's not ready yet, you know, and, and he's a really young player that, that played one year of FCS ball and played a couple of games last year. I think he's going to be okay. I think yeah. he will be at least Jalen Hurts-ish from last year, but Jalen Hurts could take a step from what he was last year and still be ahead of him. And it's funny because yeah. Philly, New Orleans, San Francisco, they were all vying for those last couple of wildcard spots in the NFC last year, and they're grouped in here right here. And, and I don't know who necessarily got a lot better than the other this year either. So it's going to be interesting, and it's probably going to be a quarterback tiebreaker, Trey Lance being the big unknown, and you know which one of Hurts or Winston steps up and, and is healthy for a full year and takes a step and be, becomes a guy or or proves to everyone, oh, yeah, he's probably not the guy. we got to move on and find another quarterback. Yeah, and I think Dallas has the least complete roster, if we're not talking quarterbacks of these groups. You know, like, is Smith their first-round pick going to be a plug-and-play player on the O-line? And what if Tyron Smith gets hurt yet again? And the receivers are a little in flux, and Zeke is going backwards. And, um, and I think the defense has – seven good starters, you know, and some really good ones, but Dak puts them over the top where I look at the Eagles, the Saints, and the Niners, top to bottom, I like their roster better than Dallas's, you know, but uh, that's why they're all in the same tier. If they get a bounce or two and things go right, your Niners are back in the NFC, uh, you know, Final Four, you know, the championship game as they often are. Bosa's Defensive Player of the Year and Trey Lance's, you know, an up-and-coming star. That's all very feasible. The great thing for Lance and the 49ers is they can run the ball and play defense. So he doesn't have to lead them and he can do right. little similar and, and to Philly. It, right. And, and I, you can't not like what Philly did this offseason. Like they right. got a lot better and they were already there last year, right. In, in that wild card playoff spot. So they could take a big step and it's all about the quarterbacks with those teams. That's why I put New Orleans after them just because I see that. Yeah. It's not so much Winston, even it's the, no Sean Payton either. I know, I know. People aren't really factoring that in enough. Like, I don't think it's going to be a, oh, smooth transition. Everything Sean Payton did, we're going to still do it because we were his coaching staff. I don't, I don't think it's that easy. So yeah. that's, that's a fascinating team to me, but there's still a lot of talent there as well. Yeah, I mean, 
their recent pickups are like the Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry, though. Like they're legit NFL players, you know, and maybe they're not worth a ton contractually or whatever, but that defense in New Orleans is good. But you're right, you know, like Sean Payton knows what to do coming off the bye when your team's a little injured and how to handle practice week 13 versus, you know, week two of the preseason. You know, it's still a rookie head coach. And, and what are the answers for Winston if he's struggling a little bit and does it become Chuck and Duck? You know, you, you lost your left tackle. You lost your head coach. That's Yeah, right, right, right. There are obstacles, and he knows how to get over them to this staff. And I think they can challenge Dallas, but I would have Dallas ahead of them, and, and they are 5-4 and four for you in the NFC. And the top three, I think, is pretty clear, and I think these have to be the top three coming into the year. The order mm-hmm. is uh, up for debate. I you think Green to... Bay's clearly three, though. You think so? Green Bay clearly three? Just losing... Devontae Adams. Passing weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish they had a great tight end. Like, I can live with Devontae Adams being gone and this change at receiver if they had, uh, I mean, a, a, a plus. that Dallas Goddard. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I'm so high on Aaron Jones for fantasy. And Rodgers is great. I will say Green Bay's defense might be the best in the league, though, next year. What if I told you Odell Beckham? or Julio Jones ends up in Green Bay and plays eight good games. I does, does that I, put does that put him at one? Is that is that how much yeah. that one thing could impact it for you? Especially Odell. Like if Odell sits out the first six weeks, comes back and looks like the Rams version of Odell, you know, like Julio you mentioned, if he plays eight good games, it'll be week one, two, four, <laughs> six. <laughs> right. And then he'll be heard in week eight. And then, yeah. you know, right. You know what I mean? Like he'll, he won't last. Even throw Will Fuller in the mix I could live with, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but what if they trade for McLaurin or DK? Well, they might be one overall then. That leaves Tampa Bay and L.A. at one and two. You have him with the Bucks at two in the Los Angeles Rams number one in the NFC post draft. And I don't feel super strong about that, you know, battle, you know, Brady versus Stafford, two winning organizations that have won the Super Bowls recently. There's some defections from both teams, of course. You know, the O lines got shuffled a little bit. Um, but I think they're both serious contenders. And really, my last note, and maybe they just know something we don't. <laughs> If the Rams ever get plagued by injuries, which they never ever do, they could be a disaster. You, you know what I mean? But they, yeah, you know, they're always of, the healthiest team in the league. Kind of feel like they're due. You know, if, right. if Stafford misses a couple games, obviously most teams they miss their start quarterback. That hurts. But you know, what if it's Donald or it's what if Donald, it's right. Jalen Ramsey or something? Even Cup. You know, like and, there's five and, guys that can't get hurt. The Ram, I like the Allen Robinson signing. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's a big stock up and a sleeper now in fantasy leagues that you can get later than you probably should. But I think both the Rams and the Bucks got worse. I think Green Bay is still good. They got better defensively, worse offensively. But the teams right below them could be better, you could argue. And so there's so many bad teams in the NFC that I think it's an easy road to the playoffs. But the tournament is going to be just amazing in the NFC. Like this could go a lot of ways, but I'm pretty sure we know which teams are going to be battling for those playoff spots. Yeah, and I like Stafford, Brady, Rogers to lead them. You know what I mean? I mean, that, right. and, so, and Dak, you know, Dak throws with that mold almost too. Certainly compared to Hertz, Winston, Lance, Cousins, Tyler, Wentz. You know, as we go down that list, quarterbacks have a lot of weight in the NFC. Yep.
They absolutely do. And you've got Stafford, Brady, Rogers at one, two, three. And I'm not going to fight you about that one. That's for sure. All right. Good stuff. That is the power rankings in the NFC. Let me go through the NFC one more time. If you forgot how it started, we got the Rams one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two Green Bay Packers, three Dallas Cowboys, four Philadelphia Eagles, five New Orleans Saints, six San Francisco 49ers, seven Minnesota Vikings, eight Arizona Cardinals, nine Washington Commanders, 10 Carolina Panthers, 11 Detroit Lions, 12 New York Giants, 13 Chicago Bears, 14 Seattle Seahawks 15 and the Atlanta Falcons 16 in the NFC and 32 overall in the NFL. And by the way, I will say you had Rams three Tampa Bay four in the NFL. So you've got Buffalo and Kansas city one and two in the NFL, not just the AFC. Yeah. And the chargers are five. I felt strongly about the bills being one, two through five was tough for me. That's how Matt sees it. If you don't like those rankings or if you love them, at Williamson NFL on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything else the Locked On NFL Network has to offer. And make sure you're subscribed here to the Locked On NFL channel as well. Matt and I back with you Friday to finish up the week. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs> 